everybody say it mean? Who's that out there living the dream? Let's blow him the bean. Who's that still smoking all that green? Let's blow him the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Go. Welcome back, everybody. What a riveting week of fights we got going. Combat sports in general. How's everyone been since last time? We definitely got a post down, a post, and we told you we were coming back this week strong, and here we are. There's a ton to talk about. I don't know if you've seen any of the media lately, but uh, this Mayweather-McGregor press conference that just happened yesterday in L.A. was unbelievably fun. Um, I gotta say, off the top, I gave that first round to the <laughs> goofy sweatshirt money. I mean, Mayweather looked like a rejected fireworks stand employee. I hated what he was wearing, but I do think that he took that first round as far as uh, winning the the banter, but it was also because the promotion cut Conor McGregor's mic. They have been effing around with Conor McGregor since the beginning. His walking music they effed around with. but He Showtime, came in early in L.A. as well? Yeah, way early and then sat on stage, but he handled it like Looked a like champ. Looked like a fool. Or they tried to make him look like a fool. They tried to. Um, it, I just think the UFC and the way they've been doing it and their pressers are such different monsters. And some of them, how they have friggin' 25 people on stage. And he, Connor always seems to get the attention and seems to get, no matter how many mics are open. Right. So... They tried. He didn't know the format. They lied to him about the format going into it, so he didn't have the same buildup. They tried everything to break his game, pretty much. Right. That was L.A. To me, that was a 10-10. It was like, you might have won. This is what I thought. McGregor or Mayweather, it might have looked like a 10-9 round, but he lost a point because of the eye poke. That's how I felt about it. <laughs> I felt so then so it just nine, makes 9-9 round. 9-9 nine, nine round. 9-9 nine, nine round. Nine, nine round. Okay. I don't feel like it was... So, it, it was a, sh- a little bit of a shit show. There was some uncomfortable times. Yes. Uh, uh, the, so everybody and their mother is coming out to try to attach their name and try to get some sort of work out of it. The commissioner's coming in and talking um, about nothing to just get an extra promotion in. Dana White and the other people announcer. are coming in. T-Mobile people are coming just in. Just like, oh, it's... by the way, me and said person are here to um, um, just congratulate these guys, and now we're going to give it to the promoter who's, like, what are the, it was, I Connor love that the crowd McGregor booed McGregor sells pay-per-views just sitting on stage with Ariel Huwani. So he true. doesn't need Floyd sitting on the stage with him. Floyd, his pressers, regardless of who with, even when Manny Pacquiao and him were doing right. press tour, not like this. This is a different beast. And what Connor has going for him so well, who who's really better at this than Dana White? Who's better and at being... I think if you take a look at the way Dana White introduces Connor McGregor compared to the way that uh, Money Mayweather's management, whoever that guy is, introduces Money Mayweather, it's two completely different things, and that's where Dana is a promoter. That's where he is... A master He's at pulling his out job. his buffer, his hey. inner buffer. When he, <laughs> when he announces them yes. and goes through his spiel, that is a red-faced Dana. Like, that you are getting to Dana. see him 
there's passion behind it though and he's I doing agree. something big like he's doing he something bigger than himself he has fun yeah i think he understands that he's also getting into history books with this because this is still with la what is everyone saying back when floyd says hard work dedication oh okay i had no idea had no idea crickets to me it's it was minuscule it's like it was just like his sister and yeah. his like cousin it was his posse that he was paying yeah over that got the closest one so they could get louder on the microphone exactly it was minuscule <laughs> in la <laughs> and um it the venue i don't think sold out but um i really disliked from mayweather was the i'm gonna give you a death pony jam right now let me let me go talk over here Make a point, come back, run back to the mic. Like, it was... All over the place. Everywhere. It was like Grandpa's eyebrows. It was all over the place. <laughs> it it was, got a little ridiculous. He, it was like he was 1990. It, he, yes. It looked like... It, Even it with the jacket. The whole thing. He did look like Connor... Oh, we can, I don't want to give away anything of today's presser but i was thinking it yesterday like is he a 14 year old skater is is he like justin bieber pre-usher with this outfit he's a 40 year old man in that sweatshirt with that 38 hat i know it's it was ridiculous so is it okay a little off topic here for conor mcgregor to say oh yeah dance for me boy I That's thought about this. Is that, if he was okay? an American, I don't think it would be okay because there is an attachment to the calling a black person the word boy in our country because of slavery and racism and all the dance with. But Connor is from Ireland. Do I think there's any racism attached to it when Connor says it? Something about it tells me yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to totally be on your no, side. No, something about it is just cringeworthy to me. This, he said it, and he said it again today. Yeah, I, today yeah. he said it with, like, brass. A like, he meant to right, say it. Right, Yesterday right, right. he seemed like he tried to cover it up after he said it. Like, ooh. I mean, what else could he have said? How about you give me a little jig? <laughs> but in Ireland... They would make sense. Yeah. That, that would make so much more sense, but... uh. Um, it is a little bit of a like, I grab at my collar when I hear that, but how fresh speaking of grabbing the collar was the fuck you pinstripe. The thing that I loved most about the pinstripe was that Conor McGregor keeps pointing at, Hey, my promotion's up there too. My promotion's getting paid in. I have a suit company. He's there's multi-million um, watches on those videos within a day. There's already millions of views. I am a millionaire. Yep. Twenty eight. He was on whatever. Who was the undercard? Oscar De La Hoya's no, undercard. Beautiful line from today's yes. Toronto card, which we should just get into the Toronto presser. Um, real quick with the LA, and it leads into the Toronto perfectly. I am so fucking proud of Brennan Job. Doing a great job. I think he was a bit flustered though. That first LA. I think that. Uh, him and that boxer, who's also a retired combative athlete, um, I think that they were butting heads a little bit more. Mauro Ronaldo in the middle was just kind of being the uh, matador and trying to guide it back. Um, I think Brennan, though, on point today, looked 
clean eating. I loved LA everything about it. LA was a shit show for everyone. Everybody. LA was a shit show. I think yes. you just have to Dana said out. it as well. It's going to get tight as it goes oh, on. It, it already did leaps yeah. and bounds oh, from, yeah. from Toronto yesterday. Toronto way better. And Toronto. Fight fans. All I day. Mean, and Dana being the promoter that he was, I absolutely loved how when Dana... Well, before Dana, we again... An hour late, supposedly, what what goes on here? Uh, Mayweather isn't there. Connor doesn't want to come out in time. Is Brennan Schaub and Joe Rogan jealous that Brennan Schaub is doing Or is Brian Callen and Joe Rogan, do you think, a little jealous watching Brennan there? I don't think there? Joe Rogan is because he's got so much other shit going on. And he's eventually going to get in on this. Joe is, I guarantee it. I don't think he will. Oh, wow. He, well, but Brian, yeah. Brian Callen, oh, yeah. Oh, Ring yeah. Side? I cannot believe Joe Rogan's not one of the people ringside on this. I cannot believe I feel it. like people have asked Dana and he said that Joe might have things going on, but I thought Dana was saying that Joe was going to be in eventually at some point, but I totally could be wrong on that as well. There's so much news coming out. How from... can we have these fights without a Joe Rogan build-up for it? I Imagine agree. just the little clip that they do of each fighter and it's Joe Rogan's voice oh, over yeah. it. That is one of the <laughs> that's one of the makes for me though is yeah but I don't think he's going to be involved but yeah I I have just since I've been listening to a little T-Fat K and I think Brian Callen is just hard you know his his show his got canceled go exactly. and Brennan Schaub is, because of the show had to like scramble around and set up life after Brian right. Callen just in case things took off with this for him so he sets up Big Brown Breakdown starts building his stand up back starts doing tours boom 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 and I don't Brennan Schaub doesn't have to be the funniest stand up ever because there's also fight fans for days that just want to go and pull for Brennan Schaub right. so I feel like this is He's gonna blow up. He is a different. He his the UFC superstar crossover. We're about to see tons of them. It's not just Ronda and Connor. We're about mm-hmm. to see all these other people that the same way as that. Uh, what's that Houston lady that ended up being on that movie with Beyonce and she was like eighth on American Idol. She's like Fantasia. Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> but Jennifer Hudson, she was like eighth or something. She didn't even come in on American Idol. Yeah, I don't know. But then she went and did Dream Girls with Beyonce and sang that huge song that everybody, I don't even know what the song is. Yeah, I. I you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but that's kind of how I feel. We're going to start seeing some UFC fighters that necessarily weren't champions. Right. But you're going to start seeing them. Egan's TV, movies, Joanna uh, has been talking about movies. As I of love Yoana, and I think Yoana, the slow, steady go, is going to pay off for her. I think she is getting to be a bigger fan, a bigger fan, bigger fan, and it's because she's champion and worthy. It's not because she's having where everyone's like, oh, the UFC, they put all their blah, blah, blah behind blah, blah, blah. Yeah, look at Sage Northcutt. Look at Paige Van Zandt. Without winning, it doesn't matter what the UFC does for you. You have to fucking be winning in the UFC to get UFC fan respect. Yeah, I agree. And be willing to take fights on a day's notice and not worry about all this other stuff that's going on and just be a fighter. Okay, back to Toronto. Sorry. So, before it all started, like we were saying in LA, the commissioner came in, Espinosa or Estrada or something like that, and the crowd hated him and he was flustered. He was shaking. Did you happen to catch that? No. Oh, it was... Amazing. I, that's um, when I was like finishing up everything so I could watch the important oh, shit. 
the beautiful thing with that is that once it got going and uh, the Dana White introduced Conor McGregor, Conor also went over to the Showtime representative and said, Ooh, and I'm watching you too, you little snake. I see what you were doing. And weasel. Do- you weasel. weasel. Loved it. Nobody comes after the commission. That's next level. He because might get Connor fined for knows that. He has to knock. He knows there's only one way for him to win this fight. It's not going to be from the commission. It's not going to be from the judges. Exactly. It's not going to be every way that they're they all can against cut. him. Every one of them is against him. Not to mention the town they're fighting in. Vegas is Floyd Money's town. They're the commission. Floyd Money's commission. Everything about it for Connor. There's only one way he wins, and it's if that left hand lands. That's it. But he even said it today. Are you? Are the presidents making you more a fan of Connor? Because I tend to watch Brendan Schaub against a lot of people, and I'm like, this sounds like Lesbo and the Bean. This sounds like (laughs) me and you talking about this fight, and it's like a whole bunch of boxing dudes, and then like Brendan Schaub. I respect Connor more and more as I'm watching these because he isn't backing down. He is coming at the commission. He's coming at everybody. He's telling you what he's going to do, but... The realistic combat sports guy in me is just like, you're coming at a chess master in chess on his turf with his rules, with his glove stuff, and all of the talk of sign your paycheck, sign your this and that. The deal's already been done, so they're going to make a million other bets, but it don't fucking matter unless another contract is signed, which Connor said with the paycheck statement, which was, bet your paycheck that you're going to beat me, and Connor said... Sign me the contract. That's actually the most legit answer that he could ever give. Because the only way that they'd be able to do that now is with another contract. Not just a handshake deal. That won't work at these levels with the amount of money they're playing with. Um, And in the situation that they're in. It is making me, again, a bigger fan of Conor McGregor. I still think Mayweather is going to win this fight. And even Mayweather said it like, you get tired. We know you get tired in these kind of fights, let alone a fight where I'm a master at already making people exhausted in a fight. I did love, though, early on in L.A. where Mayweather was saying, like, I'm old, but I can beat you in boxing. And it's true. He can in boxing. He can in MMA, which also, how do you feel about Mayweather saying, I'll fight you in an octagon? That's my favorite. It's all the the gifts I've seen when he says that, and it just shows Joe Rogan laughing, Dana White laughing, uh, like uh, yeah, and he even says four ounce gloves, and he's like, oh okay, because he can say those things and not have to actually implement them because that contract's already signed. Why are you carrying around a book bag? You can't read. (laughs) (laughs) I love. I was waiting for the can't read. The taxes info came out. Um, and he's like, you got $5,000 in here? The only miss is Connor didn't... Throw it into the crowd. You pay him in the back. You give him a check give later. Give him that. What is it? How much can it be Five worth? Grand. Just throw it. Uh-huh. Just throw it. it. But that'd be so funny if he picks it up and throws it and it's like not real or some. It's like... It's Floyd Mayweather's on dollar bills. This is about $5,000. Like, big yeah. hoop. But he should have thrown it. It would have been... Dope. It would have been, but he probably didn't want to create. I think a if you throw cash, it could be inciting a riot. You could be inciting a riot, especially sure. there. Yeah, it's probably smart he didn't. So why did he do that? Is it because Floyd Mayweather had a specific flag wrapped around? I was him? nervous. I'm. I'm wondering. I, that's my hope. Is okay. He didn't about the flag. 
I thought he was gonna snap. It was he, he was but he snap. called. He Connor said it as well. Like, you do anything with that flag, I'm gonna get ass on stage. Also, the fucking perfect answer too. We ain't playing games, mofo. I think they were both holding what is important to the other. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's going to be... And I thought that was kind of interesting. Just Connor is a countryman who fights for his people. And this guy is the fights for team. cash. <laughs> and he has this Gucci bag. And I Connor leaps and bounds won that presser. I think, though, if yesterday was a 10-9 for me... I feel like today was a 10-8 for Connor. Because Floyd was knocked down today. Because Floyd was... I just... You didn't do nothing. Connor line. Didn't think... I really don't like also where Mayweather is holding up the check and he's like, that's a hundred million check. Lame is moving the world picking up a check. I'm just saying... Lay move. I you get some cash. I you can tell you're fighting in the 90s when you're still picking up checks. Exactly. You like, get a wire transfer. Exactly. You, you get what, like you, some Visa credit card. You get five grand, nothing but ones. And you just <laughs> fucking go, psh, this, psh, put it in your Gucci bag, you put it on your shoulder, and that. So as well, it was not the best look, but I think that that's where it's only going to get better for Connor. I feel like Connor's starting to hit his stride. I think tomorrow in London is it. Is gonna be oh my Irish for days. For, oh, All oh. the Dubliners will be there. What I absolutely loved as well with no wait the, tomorrow isn't London. Is, it ends in Wembley. It tomorrow's New York. Oh, it is New York. They do Which, yeah right right. It's the Irish run the is. city. There's gonna be all the Boston dudes, all those Boston guys. They're all coming in, packed stadium. Um, Kavanaugh was today saying, like, we didn't realize Toronto was going to be this big. And everybody was like, we didn't realize this was going to be this big. And Connor's the only one saying, like, yeah, you guys don't get it. Like, you guys don't understand. I get it. I you agree. Get it. Exactly. We, Connor is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. And you can say even shit about Jordan. Jordan had... A tenth of the charisma of this guy. I agree. It's the charisma that it's this the young charisma. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, he always backs up what he's gonna say. Yeah. You can say he hasn't defended his title. He hasn't said he was gonna yet. Yeah. Every single thing he said he was gonna do. Every person he's knocked out. Every round he said he was gonna knock him out in. When the guy has time to manifest the win, he always wins. That's the dangerous part of Connor. I believe in the secret. I believe in like you see it, you achieve it kind of person. Uh-huh. I believe Connor is a master at that. I think he meditates his martial arts, his fighting. I think he finds the place that I try, I beg to get to in my meditations. I think this guy does it like nothing. I think he can get to a point like nothing in all his fights. I think he watches videos. I think he sees the finish. And I just, that is why, it's not a skill thing with Connor that I think he beats Floyd. It's because he's a f- visionary. I think it's the same way. He's like a Steve Jobs of athletes. <laughs> Interesting. Ooh. I think he stands on stage. I think, think he sells the product better yep. than anybody else ever has. I think he plays this part. And the best thing about Connor is he's impossible to shit talk back to because he's a good guy. He is still with the same girl, taking care of his kid, taking care of his family. D is the friggin' like CFO or CEO, D Devlin, yeah. his girlfriend, uh-huh. of McGregor inter- or sports athlete 
uh, whatever is right, right, right. Called. She's working for she him. is the managing, girl. Managing yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's the one who tells you know you should dress up for your press conference. Well, not dress like, up. Dress up in your own brand because now you got a brand of clothing. Yeah, which I just think she, she, he made millions couple. last night on that. They tr there's a trust that is involved in their culture. It's not a it, Irish has. It rolls deep, and there is a there's a word you give your word and you stick by it type mentality with Connor that I think he would be hard to pick apart. He's a decent guy. Besides the shit talk, I agree. I I think that there's, but I don't know him personally, so I I don't know. It's been super super fun to watch all this. This is if you guys haven't caught on tomorrow, it's gonna be on at what like five, probably seven. Yeah, at night. yeah, that's more like it. There's gonna probably be like. I know by the time they get to London, you're so right. Well, it'll probably be prime time. They're getting so many views on this, and both of them are such market masters, Floyd and Connor. This is where Connor learned from Floyd, but it's like the sensei or the what is it? The student is overcoming the sensei right. as far as marketing goes. Right, right. But I think that this is originally Floyd's style of marketing that Connor has stolen and made better. And so I think by the time it goes, they're both going to be later and later, like Guns N' Roses and Metallica in the nineties. Their shows, so the show finally didn't even start till midnight. Right. I think the prime viewing hours are when everyone's home from work, when everyone's sitting on their couch as a family, and now you're pulling 1.2 million views to a Showtime boxing and like the family's watching. That's how you get a different kind of audience. That's how you break six million views on pay per view. Right. You have to, and both those guys know it. So I think by the time they get to London, they're not going to have an 11 a.m. press conference. They're going to have it during prime time. That's my guess. So, with a guess, what would you say that you think that is going to happen in New York tomorrow? What are some of the avenues that you think Mayweather might take or avenues in promotion that um, McGregor might take? McGregor in New York is going to pay homage to some boxer. We're going to see it in his wardrobe. He's not to, to tomorrow when he comes. He he'll be in like a white suit. It'll all be about what he's wearing tomorrow. He's gonna look mm -hmm. fresh. He is one of the freshest fades right now that I've ever I seen. I loved his haircut. I love freshest his fade. Perfect part. Perfect amount of space in his part. Not too thin where it just looks like a regular part. Not too thick where it starts to look that chody. You know, like where it might as well come out and inverted. Yeah, or uh, people have recently started to do, they've started to shave it bald completely on that side and just leave the line and start it on the other side. I hate that. I love it when it looks like... Tight fade. Yeah, a tight Especially fade Especially on white around. people hair. Yeah, White people always can't have the best fade. Yeah, it looked That's good. Where, I thought yeah. so too. I noticed that and was like, damn, he got a, he got a good haircut. That was a $60 haircut. Easy. It's probably like a two hundred and seventy. <laughs> yeah, for real. His beard looks like a nice shape because for a while his beard was getting that Russian shape where it was getting boxy, but I think Connor looks good. I think tomorrow um, he's going to be in a suit again. And uh, Floyd, oh look at me and Dana up here. We rich, real money. Don't wear suits. That was interesting line. Ah, uh, that was interesting. What I actually liked about the. T today's over in Toronto was that at one point in time, um, 
Mayweather went over and was just like, hey, Dana, I got to say, you're doing a good job. Like, he just kept not talking shit. He just made it humble, but he was kind of trying to big dog Connor by being like, I'm talking to the real boss, which is Dana. You're just the whatever, and I'm being a boss. But the humbleness that he had towards Dana, I really appreciated it. I was just Dana like, has more money than him now. Really? Well, yeah, he got a biff. Yeah, yeah, way more money than him now. And Dana doesn't have to share it with 87 other people in an entourage. And Floyd Mayweather is just like, oh, I should be friend with a promoter, a different promoter, because that makes sense in the promotion world. I think Dana sees through all of it. Oh, yeah, I agree. He's just like, whatever. Laughs. He's just laughing in the background. He's just a hot sausage laughing. Okay, here's the question. Will Dana come in a suit tomorrow? No. Because I've seen nope. Dana in a suit before. Did you see that Zufa boxing brain he was wearing? Yes. You ever heard of Zufa boxing? Oh, did you hear Connor got an Everlast sponsorship? For his gloves, probably. I'm assuming. With the highest bidder for and all of it. All of it. Highest bidder. Everlast, though. Yeah, that's, that's good. They're, that's a big company. They, they, <laughs> Holy hell. For boxing. I've Everlast. had Everlast. Everybody I've ever known has had some sort of Everlast gloves. Everybody I've ever known. I've had it multiple times. It's pretty big. Yeah. Or wraps, hand wraps, all that good stuff. I'm kind of disappointed with Everlast. I was hoping it was like Nike or something for Connor. But I don't think he can. It'd probably be um, because of Reebok. I don't know if Nike makes boxing gloves. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they Maybe do. Maybe they don't. Maybe because they're not allowed to be Mexican boxing gloves. That, yeah. There's that, those type of clauses, what I want to keep hearing that's the kind of stuff I want to hear, like, oh, what kind of shoes are you not allowed to wear? Because let's say I ever want to get any type of boxing. I got an order right now, Amazon Prime, some Mexican boxing gloves made out of horsehair, just throwing that out there. So I next- know, I wonder if horsehair is <laughs> the hardest glove. I would so- think so. Horsehair is tough as nails. You know horsehair. Yeah, I just am like, what? I The stipula- stipulations yeah. are interesting because Floyd, obviously, this is where I have to believe that Floyd and his team know all the things yes. that make it better for him. What I also thought was a beautiful or an interesting insight with that little known fact is how many other times has Floyd made this mandatory in all of his other previous boxing matches? Not just McGregor. It doesn't matter. This is probably a rough, like he already knows... I don't fight people that wear these kind of things or else I'm not. Because the Mexican fighters, he's fought nonstop. Do you think any of this gets into either fighter's head? Or is this all just sell tickets? Do you think any of this actually... Uh, I did like I saw one thing on YouTube and it played uh, actually Mike Tyson talk over. And I know you remember the Mike Tyson documentary where he goes, "In this, I know I win the fight in the stare down. In the stare down, oh, there's yeah. one mm-hmm. second where the other guy looks away, and I know he's scared of me, mm-hmm. and I let that fear grow. And like it shows, it's like him talking over, and it shows their very first stare down. And Mike Tyson says that's where he wins the fight, right. the very first stare down. And it shows um, Floyd like for clenched all, not moving, not moving. And it shows his eyes glance, and then that's when the Mike Tyson talk over. Mm-hmm. There's this moment in the fight that you know, and it's like pretty interesting. Where I'm like. I don't know if I've seen that from either fighter yet. Um, I thought the very first... Yeah, it was enough in the very first third down. The very first one, there's a moment where Floyd clenches his jaw, his breathing gets heavier, uh-huh. and Connor starts doing back and forth, and there is a psychiatrist that breaks it down. Connor's doing the back and forth, and it says, an unintimidated guy... If you were doing that to me and I'm unintimidated by you and you start going back and mm-hmm. forth and low, I keep eye contact with you wherever you move, mm-hmm. wherever you move, because I'm showing you I'm better than you. An intimidated person 
keeps looking where they're looking and you're moving all around and I just keep looking forward. And that's what Floyd did. Interesting. Um, it could, it couldn't. I don't know. I'm not a professional body language expert. He's never been loved. So being Uh, hated. He's infamous. Yeah, it's like, so to go around and get booed isn't what affects him. I don't know. He's, I don't think he's ever been booed. The way Toronto today was booing him, like they were letting him have it. Does that get better or worse for him as we go? I think it gets, New York, Boston. What do you think uh, with all those Irish fans in London? It's gonna be they're gonna be just swimming across the goddamn river right I there to get there. I think people like Connor. I think people like Connor. This is so crazy, and I don't mean to make comparisons in this kind of way at all. But whatever, people like Connor for the same reason they like Trump. For the same reason that even if you never watch baseball, you really hope the Cubs win too. You don't know why right. you were like. It's it's this pool because it makes you Reader think. Fans. It's the reason that we play the lottery. Uh-huh. It's this hope that you have that it's there's the somebody. Dog. It's the Rocky. Yeah, it's that four years from now, maybe you too can be winning at whatever you're trying right. for in life, whatever you really put your heart toward. So there's something about Connor, I think, that lives in all of us. And Floyd is the part of all of us we're constantly working to change. Like, we all want to strive to be kind of more like a Connor, and we all look at Floyd as the ick in us in most ways. Because hard work and dedication, he's been doing it in, in ways he's a, a child. He's Britney Spears. He's been... Floyd bo- yeah, he's Spears. the Britney Spears of sports, or the right. Christina Aguilera, or the uh-huh. Justin Timberlake would be a better... He's the JT, or the Justin Bieber. He's been doing it. A parent <laughs> has pushed him toward this from before he could walk. This is what his his life was. Mm-hmm. So it's the guy that's done nothing his whole life but do this thing against the guy that is just a manifester and works hard and, and has just as much dedication and is a fucking all-around athlete. Yeah, That's where I'm going with the... I'm going with that guy who has done this one sport his entire life compared to the guy who's just been doing it for six years. Eight years. I do think that the interesting point people are also making is that he's not going to go in there with a boxer. He's going to go in there with an MMA guy, so the angles are going to be. Do you like Connor? How he said, um, I'm going to do one round in a Muay Thai stance, and I'm one round in a Greco Roman stance, and one round in a karate stance, and one round in a. And he just listed freaking so many disciplines at 12. Yep. And he's like, he will not know what's coming at him every round. Like, I'm not going to give him a time to figure out Conor McGregor style. Uh-huh. He, Conor says, you know how long I've been training to have Conor McGregor style? I'm going to hit him each round with each of that. Yeah, training. the box. I'm going to unload the box. Which is kind of interesting if you think about it, because they say most, you know, boxers, it takes them two rounds to download More the like style. More like four, yeah. You know, but a guy like Floyd, yeah, two rounds to yeah. download the style, yeah, yeah, a minute yeah. and a half to download the style before they can start swinging. So you wonder if he keeps changing his stances with all these different stance things, not just the one. And it takes Floyd a round and a half to figure out each of those kind of things. Right. That's an interesting night. And Connor, when have you ever seen Connor in a boring fight? I was already going to end up paying. Yeah, I... I Totally agree. I think you have very valid points. Um, I am getting more and more excited. And 
the I'm wondering if it, they're gonna go with the prop angles more because I feel like that's almost one of the only not one of the only but avenues they've kind of been going with this bag and the flag and are they gonna bring out a freaking what are those big heads are they gonna somebody wearing to wear a mask tomorrow what's gonna happen I think the fans as well could also start to really turn it up to where We're it's going to We're going to see get... some fan art tomorrow. We, well, I saw a couple posters today, but what happened was the beach ball at the beginning. He hits the beach ball with the left, but there was also like bottles and stuff getting thrown out. I was seeing staff like run over and pick stuff up and throw it. Did you happen to catch any no. of that? Um, it wasn't a lot, but that's the type of hooligans that I guess are coming to these things, but they're diehard fans and they're there to back their guys. You guys sing for me and you dance for me, boy. Ole, 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 ole. Exactly. Ole. The crowd management of Connor is also elite level. He understands how He's to like, work you're going to try the hard work dedication thing. Watch this. When I count to three, all you all say... The Mayweather's fucking suck or whatever he yeah, makes him right, scream. Right, right. Fuck the Mayweather's. Fuck the May- right. Like, oh Did you see that God. little girl in the background? Because he brought all his family there to the stage to be like, watch, you're going to watch dad work. Uh-huh. And then this guy's making you look like a tool. Did you not hear Mayweather say, hard work? After the first time he tried to get it going, like in L.A. He, he got hurt when yeah. he was booing. He looked like Daniel Cormier on stage. Every <laughs> single person that got booed got you could see them be like, um, um, oh, yeah, and put on a fake smile. Every single one, especially that commission. Do you think Dana watches this kid like, how in the hell? I think he just laughs and says, that's so much more money, and I love it. Like, he's just like, this is just hilarious, because it is. Like, it's hilarious. You get to sit there and be front row stage and just be like, he just said that. Awesome. It's it's almost like we all had this secret, like this band that we all got together and listened to, and it was underground college band. Right. And now all of a sudden, this band is top ten opening. We're watching this band on the Grammys. We're hearing people. They're like, um, what do you know about this, Colin McGregor? And you're like, what do I know about Conor McGregor? It's his name's on everyone's tongue. Everyone I'm talking to. People at my work when I got there today, when I walked in, were showing each other pictures of his pinstripe suit. Oh my, that's what I love because I've been on that wagon, the MMA wagon, for so long. And I feel like the people that are you saying that t-shirts bring t-shirts for your, show, your favorite band before the band themselves could afford to make t-shirts. Like, yeah. that's how long of a fan you are. Oh, yeah, yeah, You're totally. like, oh, I knew that band. I've been watching them since they were in their yeah. garage. Do you know about Matt Hughes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people are like, yeah. what? I'm like, you, you don't even know. No, I, well, yeah. It's so we much fun. We're going, we're going further and further. We're going, for, like... This is the fight that we keep saying is transcending, and the way it's transcending is it's making MMA, it's helping it get that step over boxing, because boxing's been the so-called, well, I guess it's, never mind, it's not boxing, it's what do we have to get over as MMA to be a more credible sport? We have to beat the NFL, NBA, baseball, I think we're beating baseball. I think we're starting to beat baseball in the United States. Am I wrong on that? I think so. Um... And then the third one would be soccer? It's, I think they can beat... I don't know if they can beat soccer, but 
American football and uh, basketball, I think they can beat. It's an international sport. It's the global, already. right? Right, it's right, international. Right. I think it's probably less dangerous than football if you're training right and training smart. And the the new school of thought is like harder is not necessarily better for training. You know, they're, the, the amount of hits people are taking to the head in sparring is so much less than it used to be even five years ago. And I would say in the sport of mixed martial arts. I don't know about boxing. But in the sport of Daniel Cormier recently was just saying that the reason he felt he lost the first John Jones fight was because he started to spar less to not be injury prone. But he feels because he sparred less, he lost the fight. So he's sparring, and those AKA guys are notorious for going hard, right? Like that just came out. Did you just hear that? Mm-mm. What is that? How does that make you think about the whole? Because there's really no proof either way. I, like... I think that means to me that um, DC is going back to all his wrestling 101 and he's not even going to try to stand up and strike and he is going to be solidly working on his wrestling and jiu-jitsu and ground game and not doing stand-up at all, but he just wants to put it out there to throw off the Jones camp in their training. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> That's what I think. Now. I like when these that. guys release anything, yeah, why right. am I going to give you my game plan? Right. I want to throw you off in every friggin' way possible. And that's what I, like, even JJ, when I watch her last fight compared to her first one, I'm like, damn, we all were like, she's going to be elbow, elbow, elbow. She's going to be this, this, this. And you have to think that the coaches, if we're saying it on a podcast, they're three steps ahead of us. Oh, of course. You know what of I mean? Of course, of course. So I feel like with DC saying that, but AKA... I don't know where AK stands these days. I think they still have top-notch talent. I still think that... They got a guy fighting on this card we're about they, to discuss. They got, usually they got a guy on a card. They haven't been doing so hot, but I still think that they have a lot of talent there and have produced a lot of good stuff. Um, one of the things that you are saying with John Jones, the reason why he's so hard is because he doesn't keep the same style. Every fight, you see a different John Jones, a different angle, um, why he's one of the best. It's why I love... The Valentina Shevchenko so much. Her style just seems to evolve. Uh, yeah, nonstop. As we're watching her, yep. it's like watching a flower well, bloom. JJ, like we were saying with JJ as well. Same thing with JJ. Exactly. So yeah. back to that. Same so, thing with Gadelia. Same thing. Like there's a lot of fighters that aren't necessarily the champions right now. Oh yeah. Like, Athletes Rose coming Nama in on Unis. it. Like, geez, are so, you watching this girl friggin' yes. evolve every match or what? Like. Crazy. Speaking with Evolving and all these young fighters and the sport evolving in itself, did you happen to catch the UFC Fight Pass live stream of the Contender Series by Dana White? Yes, I did. And how did you feel about Snoop Dogg and Uriah Faber? I feel like commentating as much as I, I'd like to think LATB is getting better and better at this format every time we do it and we're huge, avid fight fans. I have to think watching a fight and being able to talk about it as it's happening in front of me is something that takes thousands of hours to master. So I don't want to bag Uriah Faber and Snoop Dogg, but the reason we're fight fans is because sometimes we're captivated and we just sit and watch in silence. And Joe Rogan says that's one of the hardest things about sometimes fights are so good, but he's there to work. So he has to give us a visual with our ears. Right. So I think that takes... Skill, skill that I didn't, it I didn't. Well, like. All of a sudden, imagine a 
And it just ran kind of spotty Fight Pass. I agree. And that that's something that Fight Pass in general tends to be for me is a little bit spotty. And I'm paying a good $9.99 a month or whatever. Yeah, because could be having Netflix right now. And I'm kind of disappointed we went off touting that this was going to be on Netflix. Right. I was excited about it. Turned on Netflix. It wasn't. It was on UFC Fight Pass. And I was so bummed out. Yeah, it was super choppy. There was some... Um... I wish Netflix would buy UFC Fight Pass. Why to we give need it a this good company clean to get an absorption right. and taken well, over by people that doing. know how to do it? That's what they're doing is they're getting because people they'll ha they're attracting other people by putting on these promotions and showing you, yay, people watch this, take it from us, we'll sell it to you for four point three billion dollars. Um, but with the cast, as as much as you were saying, and I agree with you a hundred percent, Snoop needs to practice it a whole lot more if he wants to stay into it i think it was a novelty and i think that i even on other mma verses a lot of people were kind of saying the same thing Snoop like is one of four like if there is broken up and if there's four guys sitting there talking about that and i believe Uri uriah faber is one of four i think you need two talkers maybe a comedian as the other person right and maybe an analyst as the other person mm -hmm. Snoop and Uriah don't talk for a living. Yeah, You agreed. need two people who talk for a living. Agreed. And not that Uriah's not great at it, and not that Snoop's not great at it, but there's just something different. You put, like, a professional radio guy and a professional sports guy and just throw them in there. They don't have to know everything about UFC. They're going to learn as they go. The same way that pretty much every single guy... I really watch and really enjoy. They get into it and they get better as they go. They know more and more about it. Ariel Hawani, just since I've been watching him. Speaking of, what do you think? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Speaking <laughs> Ariel of. Ariel Hawani getting kicked out of the event or getting kicked out of a job, I guess. The getting kicked out of a job. job. He was supposed to be the four sitting there with Brendan Schaub and the other two. Uh, he was supposed to be the other guy on the stool. I also thought that potentially he was going to do other, like, interviews at other potential points of the fight as well. He had all other backdoor passes um, no, as I well. No, I think it was just this, he was one of the four. Oh, the just a panelist? the same way how we sat and uh -huh. we watched, uh, it was pretty much my boy Big Brown interviewing Floyd Mayweather after. Yep, on yep, the yep, stool. yep. It, it, it's pretty much just that, where he was, Ariel was going to be one of those dudes. Right. And it was a specific request from the UFC to take him off of the panel. Because Dana has bad That's blood straight, Ariel. That's straight Dana. Um, and why? Explain it if people don't know the backstory of this. The, the, it's come to a head. This is the whole reason. So the, it's a whole bunch of tits for tats, but here's the big one. Exactly. So Ariel Hwani King comes out with, in the United States, there's freedom of the press. When you like stuff, you're able to disclose it regardless of ramifications. Um, the organization has had multiple leaks. And they ended up narrowing the leak down to Ariel Hawani, or he kept being the first leaker. And it had happened multiple times. There was somebody in the back office leaking to Ariel Hawani. Exactly. Someone from the inside of the organization, a rat. And um, it all came to a head when Ariel Hawani broke 13 minutes before. And UFC spent millions of dollars on this. Promo. Promos, all this stuff to get all of the attention. And all of a sudden, Ariel Hawani gets millions of retweets and attention because he broke the story. And UFC had to run it all early. Um, but he had done this multiple other times for other stuff. And right. UFC never really cared because it wasn't that big of leaks. But they were pissed. So he got his credentials. It pulled. wasn't a Brock Lesnar fight. Exactly. It wasn't UFC 200 because I believe it was UFC 200. It was Brock Lesnar Hunt. 
Yeah, I think that was UFC 200. There were so many good fights on that. that I was made thinking the opposite. So maybe <laughs> a bunch fell out, and they tried to save it with Brock. Yeah, maybe they did it was crap like out. Cormier, Anderson. Yeah, and they did, and it was Hunt, like, yep. Brock, but it was the start, the build up for 200 was Brock. And then everything fell out. And Ariel kind of let the air out of the balloon. So they pulled his credentials. They also pulled Esther Lynn's and somebody else's. Um, and Ariel ended up going on his show, the MMA Hour, the very next day, in, or the weekend, whatever day, and cried on air of why really cried tears not like cried like wah but like cried like a grown man he cried yeah well and it was his livelihood if he wasn't able to get back there anymore I haven't, and you know i want to stick up with ariel in so many ways freedom of the press you know it irritates me when dana runs the thing like mafioso but at the same time if your livelihood's mma you don't want to piss off the king of mma it, you got to have some common sense and with your own career. They asked him a few times beforehand. It wasn't the only time he had leaked it. He had just kind of played it as like, come on, guys, you got to love me. And I'm just doing my job. Like, And I also got to think you play ball with the MMA and do the right by the UFC or Bellator for that matter. You do right by them. You do right by a few other fighters. I, I'm watching Scott Coker play ball with the fighter and the kid all the time. He's been on their show a few times. I just think love if you it. do right by the organization. Organization, the organization will tend to do right by you and your followers. So they're uh, Ariel with this thing. I think that was he thought in a way he was getting bigger than the UFC. And they say revenge is a dish best served cold. So because he got his credentials back to the UFC, but it doesn't mean he gets this job. Right, and it was specifically because there was a big media cry by a lot of big other writers and other uh, journalists and stuff, and a lot of fans came in and stuff. And Dana White has openly said, like, you're lucky that the fans came in for you and you had enough people ask me to get you your job back or your credentials back. You got them back. But Dana's the... He's not forgetting at all. He's still definitely... If I'm Dana at this point with as much money as he has and what he's done with the UFC and UFC Unfiltered, I go to Sirius Radio and I, I instead of having UFC Unfiltered, I actually make a UFC show on Sirius and I play ball with Ariel. I go to this little nitwit and I'm like, hey, you work for the UFC now. Change the whole dynamic of the relationship. I mean, if you do it, but Ariel's good at what he does. People like his show. I think Unfiltered's kind of, eh. So, I don't know. I mean, Dana White doesn't have to do that to anyone who's pissed him off by any means. But I just think Ariel's good at what he does. And it kind of sucks to lose an actual job and food at your kid's mouth. Real money for the college fund. something that already you thought was over. But maybe you didn't lose anything out of that still. Maybe you had to be taught a lesson of your well, own. Maybe and Dana you... would say, you took money out of my kid's mouth when I had spent millions of dollars on that promo. And you ousted it because of your ego. You had to be the first one to get it out. Right, 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 right. There's definitely many ways to look at it. But that's just kind of what happened with Ariel over And I never weekend. stick up for Dana. Right. It's just the way that the world works and there is repercussions to your actions. Everybody knows that. And to think that 
the real world, especially the combat sports world, which hasn't always been laced with the most upstanding credential citizens, like, shit will get back at you. You know, you don't shit where you sleep. You, you definitely have to think about stuff like that. And if that, let this be a lesson to other people, like, sometimes you got to play ball. And, and just repercussions will come your way. So. Well, um, I was just looking up. I wonder after these uh, press conferences, what are the most searched for Google things? Floyd Mayweather, not even on the top anywhere. Nowhere. Really? Number two is Conor McGregor. Only because number one is net neutrality. And I'm actually pretty stoked about uh, that. I'm like, good, educate yourselves, people. This shit's scary. Right. Do you happen to know what it was about net? I did not happen to Just catch people that. looking up probably what is net neutrality it's is good. my guess. It, that is the best thing yeah. ever we yeah, can do so for ourselves. I'm, so this number is two, Conor McGregor, though. I'm, and the other thing I was thinking, you know Floyd Mayweather buys followers on Twitter. Because anytime he retweets something, such a few amount of people retweet it. Or anytime he tweets something. Like they're all few. bots. They're all yeah, bot bots. Yeah, such a few. Uh-huh. He has like a, a few hundred retweets. Anything t- Connor says, he has a few hundred thousand retweets. I mean, there's pages about what he retweets. Like people have full on articles about what he retweets nonstop. Okay, moving on to the card and we'll stop May Mac and we got days and months of this before the fight even gets here. <laughs> right? We're about to have a big heavy press tour, but we're going to move on to a Sunday card coming out of Stockholm headline by... Gunnar Nelson versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. This is going to be a UFN fight night 113. It's going to be shown on Fox FS1, BT Sports, BT Sports 2. Just so you know that live stream <laughs> where you can get it good. And um, it'll also be aired on Fight Pass with Fight Pass prelims. This is going to end up being, I think, 12, 12 fights. Um, not the best. I think the headliner, it's a perfect FS headliner. They're not really in the top 15, but um, we're going to start from the bottom up with... I don't know why we freaking love the Peacemaker so much. honored guest here at She should be opening for the McGregor Mayweather fight. So I got to ask you real quick. How do you feel about your rule that you do not bet on the first fight of the night? I will be betting on this fight. I will be betting on this fight. I want you to know I'm breaking the rules, which then makes me a little nervous. I should just vote on Lima or Limos on my tapology. So I go against my percentage on tapology just for extra juju so that Leslie Smith pulls this shit out. Whatever way you got to look at it, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm confused by that. Me too. I'm totally like, oh, so you're going to bet Lima? Because I got Leslie Smith all day. What would we tell you every single time when you see Leslie Smith in the ring? You're going to have somebody coming at you full strength, whether they... It's really a Justin Gaethje-esque type of style, head down, taking punches on the top of the head, walking forward. The power's just not there because it doesn't transfer the same for her. But you're not going to get an ounce of quit out of Leslie Smith. That's why she is the Leslie Pick's underdog. She's the namesake of our underdog pick every week here on Lesbo and the Bean. Exactly. And she's going to be going after Amanda Leomes. M with an M. Lemos. She's debuting out of Jungle Fight, out of Brazil. We know these Brazilian fighters definitely uh, are... Maybe not as traveled. She has six fights, one draw, or one decision that was turned over. 
I'm just gonna tell you I got the grinder every single way American wrestler Leslie Smith all day decision for me on this fight. Leslie Smith has an underrated ground game, um, and I think anytime people try to take her down, they very quickly realize that. She's not going to get submitted. She doesn't have any quit in her, and she has better cardio than her body looks like she'd have. I got Leslie Smith decision all day. I never go against my girl, Leslie Smith. Never say never. <laughs> Hashtag the Spartan. <laughs> I might put her on a couple DK moves as well I because will it, there's a lot going to be a lot of takedowns. I think, this is, shouldn't fight. be the first fight of the night. When you really look at this card and some of the no names on this, Agreed. Leslie Smith has earned a better place on this card. Two fights ago, she was fighting Cyborg in a main event. I totally agree with that a hundred percent. But I do think that this could be a little bit of repercussion because Leslie Smith has multiple times Very come true. out against the UFC, so they're kind of like, "Hey, girl, hey, girl," like. Very true. I love She's a Le- very big proponent of the union. Exactly. And, and also, at, having questions for these representatives during the UFC retreat, she was one of the known people to come up and ask um, not questions that weren't liked by the organization, but... She- She's got to do what she's got to do for her livelihood, but this, I think that that that's why she's down there. Just just a thought. So moving on to the next fight, we're moving to the bantamweight division between Brett Johns versus Albert Morales. Uh, Brett the Pikey versus the Warrior Morales. Um, Brett Johns is coming in with striking attributes. He's got a lot of hype behind him. He definitely um, debuted against the UFC fighter. Kang Ho Kak, who just got a win recently, a, a pretty good win, and maybe it, yeah, I think a, I'm, Asian fighters always give me a big So, <laughs> <laughs> That's fighting out of Titan, Brett Jones, fighting out of Titan at Sea, that's a good organization. Um, I definitely like the, also, Brett Jones on the ground has really good scrambles. But I think that Brett Johns has definitely fought in a lot more of the European scene. And in my eyes, European scene fighters are just a little bit behind. And wrestlers tend to do good against them. Morales is a wrestling-based fighter. Came off of the show. One of the first um, looking for a fighter prospects. Fighting out of RFA. He had a decision turned over over Perez. I feel like that was a loss initially for him. Which Perez was a title prospect. But I think steroids got on that. Then he lost to um, Thomas Alameda, TKO. A lot of people are going to lose to Thomas Thomas Alameda. It went into the, like, the second or third round. And then he just reasonably, recently beat Soham Hath, who was a striker that I'd say is on the Brett Johns level. Um, I really, like I'm saying, I think the wrestling is going to play the biggest role. I think that Morales does have... Unique striking, he gets hit a little bit more than I like, and Brett Johns is going to move forward into that, but I think Morales is going to duck under, get a lot of takedowns, and he doesn't threaten too much off the ground, but he can keep top position for a long period of time, and I think he's going to wear out Johns, and I know this is going to be an underdog, I know Johns is going to be a big favorite here, being he's 13-0, and um, I think Morales is going to get a grinding decision, I think there's going to be a slow boring fight. I... um. I think Morales is going to do exactly what you said in round one. I think uh, Johns does have really good scrambles and a good defense. And I think after round one and Morales is going to blow his wad, I think Johns is unexpectedly 
comes on just as strong in round three as round one. Uh And it's not that he has any knockout power. It's not he just wears guys out and Mm -hmm. cuts them by a thousand cuts, and I just have John's decision. I don't think he's going to knock out Morales. I think people, if he's too heavy um, priced on DK, I will stay away from him picking him, which I do think he's going to be. I think he's going to be one of the guys that's like 9-3, 9-2. I agree with that. And I'm I'm not going to pick that because he doesn't lay tons of damage points. But that's where I think Morales could be a play with a couple takedowns even if they come early and if he can go to the third round, he can get that Jim Miller 30, maybe 40 points. Or who? Romero in a five-round fight got 40 points. But this is going to be a higher-paced fight. Right now I have John's well. decision. Um, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to get in another show with final picks maybe on Friday or something. Right, right, right. So moving on to the next fight, we have a lightweight bout between Danny Henry versus Danielle Timur. Um, Timur's undefeated. Coming into the UFC, these are both debut fighters out of Sweden, Stockholm. So he's going to be the local boy out of All Starts Training Center. Um, And Henry is also debuting out of Scotland. And he's coming out of the higher level martial arts. I'm going to tell you off the top, I don't know much about this (laughs) at all. I I didn't have... With all these pressures and everything going on, enough time to get into these guys' backgrounds. I think that I got Tamura's decision. And it's just because he's the betting paid right now. Uh, right now, I'm going to tell you the same thing. I just like to go with the heavy underdog here. When when there's two two unknown guys that are coming in and one is the 83% favorite on Tapology, I'm like, what are these MFers finding more than I can find looking for them? So they can't know any more than me, so they're just going with the prettier record that doesn't have a red dot spackled through it of the loss. Right. So I'm just going to go with Danny Henry. I like everyone that's been coming out of Europe of late. I do think they're overcoming this, uh, not weak fighter thing, you know, but I do think a lot of the guys that have come out of there over the last few fights, and anytime we see a fight over there, we see a lot of local guys come out. Right, Um, right, right, right. I just, right now I'm going to go with Danny Henry, and I'm going to go with Danny submission round two. I think his, uh, he's going to, that Darsh choke is really what I like. I think um, it's a little bit next level jiu-jitsu for me that if this guy if Timur is too heavy-handed but is Timur related to David that would make me change things that's what I'm not sure as well and I don't want to go out on a limb and say he is he looks like he could be but I don't know if that other Timur is out of another part of the world but I know he has a sibling that he said, I yeah. can't wait till my brother fights in the UFC on his last fight. You should take a look at him or, you know, something about right, it. Right, so, right, right. So um, I'm interested in that because that changes my opinion because you always say iron sharpens iron. and They grew up beating each other yes, up. Yes, yes. And it's gonna means he's going to take four. Right now I have Danny Henry's submission round two for no educational reason. <laughs> Maybe I'll find more footage on the YouTube over the next couple of days. Exactly, exactly. These European cards are a bit harder as well because sometimes they'll be in, um, yeah, the YouTube only has very limited footage or it's under copyright restrictions. Moving on to the next bout at welterweight, we have about between Charlie Ward versus Galmore Bufrando. Bufando. Bufando. They're both debuters in the UFC, so 
Um, the footage getting in, being a little gritty, um, bar scenes that we get in from the both of these guys. Actually, Charlie Ward didn't, is not debuting. He's had one fight, and that's a loss against Alshan, Abdul Azhan, who is a striker, I believe, that was also on an undefeated streak. But Ward at 170 is 3-2. and two. I feel like he's a local guy. Being three yeah. and two, they're and both pretty local. Exactly, and they're keeping him in here. They probably got him another fight. He was. They probably were in here last year. I feel like Ward maybe might have debuted in this part of the world, and they usually give him two fights. He lost his first one because um, he probably came in short notice. And I gotta think this guy though is more the local guy that they're putting in there. The England guy. Yes. Bufando. Bufando's coming in with a four and two record. Coming in by Look mostly, how long ago he fought. It was two years, four months ago at 170 pounds. UFC started to reach a little bit in their world prospects. They're starting to pick up fighters because they're building stars. And I think that with the UFC And look at the guy's program, record that he fought last. Five wins, 14 losses. <laughs> I feel like I don't know what people are talking about when they th- got him on anything. I think he's going to get winded. At least the other guy's fighting. That lets me know he has some cardio for some rounds. He, five years ago, he beat somebody who went no lose. Five years ago? <laughs> I don't think ground game existed the same way in the UFC that I it does now. I think I just don't think you can be out of the UFC for any period of time like that nowadays. Right. This guy has no gym information, no age, no height, no nothing. No one knows anything about him. He's ranked 389th welterweight worldwide. Right. I think that he's going to come in being a big-time striker. It looks like he definitely is. Um, He's going to get gassed. I'm switching. I think you have a great point. He has been out for a long time, and his wins are from not credible people. Not that I can really make Charlie Ward much more credentials, but... He is fighting out of... He's been uh, in the octagon once before, and it was only seven months ago. I got to think he took that, and he's like, here's my it. shot. Exactly. And he is leaps and bounds a different guy from seven months ago. Galore, that's... He's just might as well be rolling off the bench. Yeah, coming straight off of surgery from somewhere. I am switching that. I do think that he'll probably take an... Ward will take an early barrage, but he's going to get a submission either round one or two. I'm going to leave it round two because I do think that that gassing factor is going to come in, but that's a live air change. I was picking Bufando TKO round one, but valid point. It's almost blind, too, picking a lot of these fighters because they haven't fought in so long. There wasn't even video cameras back then. (laughs) (laughs) I have Ward KO, but I don't think it's for much different. I think the other guy's going to kind of give in with the pressure. Um, And, uh, I mean, welterweight is monster Exactly. Row. That's what I so think. So I think he's going to give him with the pressure and a uh, little ground and pound action until we can't watch the gruesomeness any longer. Moving the on. Irish will win. Moving on to the next fight, we have Neil Siri versus Alejandre Pandoja at flyweight 125. Neil Siri, longtime veteran. We definitely can get into Neil Siri's career. He is a grappler. You know what you're going to get with him. He has sound boxing. Not much power behind his punches. Um, good gas tank. 
but has as of late started to falter a bit. I feel like that Smoka fight, even though it was more ground transitions than you've ever seen in your life, um, he did start wearing that. But with that, with that many type of transitions in a fight, who wouldn't get gassed regardless of your cardio issues? Um, I do believe that this is Neil Seary's retirement fight because he is fighting as close to home as he can, fighting out of Dublin, Ireland. He's had a long career at 37 years old. He's 16 and 12, Neil Seary. And he's just coming off of his last loss to Koji Horiguchi, who was the top five contender still in the flyweight division if he would be in the division still. Um, Neil Seary previously beat Del Reyes by submission, and then pri prior to that lost the decision to smoke, as I just said. And then he had a little streak prior to that being people, prospects like uh, Chris Beal and Phil Harris. Neil Siri, I feel like, is going to make his last hurrah. Well, getting into Pantoja real quick. Pantoja is 17-2. He has one fight in the UFC, but is coming off of the RFA scene, beating Timacio Page and a lot of other champs out of the RFA. RFA is steadily fed the UFC uh, regular beasts. We definitely know that. I like Pantoja's style. I thought that... His win over Shelton, it was a split decision. It was a grimy fight. They were both trying to get in the UFC and make a good showing. I think he, Pantoja learned a lot, but I think Neil Siri is leaps and bounds higher than Demacio Page at the level that, which is a former UFC title contender, is leaps and bounds lower of competition than Neil Siri still is at even later in his age. I feel like Neil Siri. Is going to have a tough time taking down Pantoja, but that's going to happen later in the round. So I think Neil Siri takes over late round two, round three, where it really matters. And it's going to be a split decision, if not unanimous decision. Neil Siri for me, maybe a submission towards the end. Pantoja, you got to be careful with the kid. He, he can crack. I totally agree with you. I think Siri is one of those guys you forget that is even exists in the UFC until he's on a card. And then you're like, oh, yeah. And you rarely bet on him because he's so – you just want something more exciting to happen in the fight. There's a couple other guys like this in every weight class. Most of them have a shaved head. They're the usually white is. dudes. He is exactly what I was thinking about. Yep. Not to mention um, – and then Bradley Pickett is another one of those guys who recently left the UFC. But just like Bradley Pickett – these guys, these old guys especially, love the energy of the room. He's fighting close to his hometown, you right. know, or close enough in his home turf part of the country. I think he's going to get fed in there. I think he's going to go in, and I think he's going to grind it out. I think this is going to be the boring fight of the night, and I think people are going to be surprised that this old guy still has it. I think he's going to run around the cage when he wins. It'll be exciting. I think it will be, and the crowd will go crazy. Um, with he's Pantosia, a tough guy. He does have a lot of wins uh, with submissions. He does tend to go to the submission a bit more. Um, I think he gets some of those positions because he hurts people striking as well um, and then jumps into those positions. That can happen in Neil Siri, but uh, I am liking Neil Siri depending on his price because I feel like he could be an underdog in this. He's a huge underdog on Tapology. Oh, wow. He's a huge and underdog. And he stays this. And, you know, no one really pays attention. He's one of those guys you don't pay attention to. Agreed. He's, um, gosh, I, I wish I could. You know, Joe Lozon has changed. He became, he wasn't one of those guys, and they became one of those guys, and then he changed out of it. But there's, I mean, I can't even remember their names because 
they're just so fucking bland and they don't say anything. Their striking's not exciting. Their game's not really exciting. It's just not a fan favorite. Right. It's just a grinding, yep. boring, it's a job. wear down style. Yep. And that's what Neil Siri puts on. So with uh, Pantoja also being kind of Novo and Yao, you know his takedown defense is going to be on point. That's the hardest thing that I think is going to happen with Siri. But with that grinding thing that we're talking about, he's just going to eventually keep him up on that cage and. Be- People will wilt in there. Um, so that could be a I huge think, underdog pick. If Neil Siri on your... I just can't imagine yep. he's I, he's not going to be expensive. He's not going to be expensive. So I think that's going to be definitely worthwhile. Moving on to the next fight. At 170 pounds, we have Danny Roberts versus Bobby Nash. This is the hot chocolate Roberts going over Nashty. Nasty boy, Ooh. don't mean a thing. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, you nasty boy. So, <laughs> John, that wasn't Janet Jackson, by the way. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Whitney. Who the hell? <laughs> so, um, with Bobby Nash, he's making the sign, the flying over, making a pond trip. Coming out of Michigan, cutting out of the RFA, he has multiple knockdowns and submissions. Um, wrestling base, 8-2, his last loss coming in the UFC to Jing Liang via TKO. Jin Liang, the leech, um, has also been training, I think, here Jing in the Liang, States. Jing Liang, Jing Liang, Jing Liang rock. <laughs> <laughs> that should be his walking song. He definitely uh, got out grappled there, and I believe it developed a ground and pound TKO. Um, Roberts coming coming in with the wrestling credentials and is a good striker. Danny Roberts, being the local boy out of the United Kingdom, um, thirty years old. He's definitely more of he's out of the Black Zillions. I know he's been at the states for a while, but his he's a striker. He's a stand up fighter. He's a kickboxer. Great knees. Great clinch. Gas tank is where he. Is most lacking for me where he's been out ground and or won or lost fights um, his last re- most recent loss was against uh, Mike Perry TKO and Perry ended up eating those shots and they were beautiful shots uh, Danny Roberts was landing but they were landing with more power I don't think that Bobby Nash has that type of power but what I do see potentially happening is Bobby Nash being able to get him against the cage and just grind him out Get him to the ground. Nash can do that and has done that to other people in his career. Um, but Roberts has been showing really good takedown defense. Like you say, you see them legs go apart. Danny Roberts has a the wide... Sprawl. Yeah, he sprawls when he gets down there. Um, he d- doesn't go to the ground much. I don't know if he's training it much, but I haven't seen it much. That's a, an avenue for Nash. But I am going to end up going with Danny Roberts. To get around two, that might go to around three. The gas tank for uh, Roberts is what I'm most worried about, um, but that's going to be my pick for the night. It's why I agree with you and think the TKO has to happen early in the second round. I think he's going to figure him out. He's from a better camp. He's training with our boy Usman. Um, he's been in the UFC octagon enough times. All the jitters are out. These are far different ranks and fighters they are leaps and bounds stretches away from each other in a game where millimeters matter the most so 
Bobby Nash ain't ready for this. I do think Kiwi's going to go in and put on an exciting fight. I do think, just like you say, it's going to be a stand and brawl. I think both guys want to go out there. I think Nash wants to make his first debut in the octagon and make a name for himself here. He lo- he he is not debuting. He's had his first loss was against Jin Liang, the leech. Oh, okay. So he's... He's fighting well, for he's his job. Well, he's about to get job. knocked out again. He's about to get knocked out again. We're going to see. Um, it's just going to be an exciting fight. I think they've stylistically put this together to be a stand. I think we're going to have so many boring grinds, especially after the near theory. This is going to be a stand and blow until it finishes. Two minutes into the second round. That's my guess, too. I am going to have Roberts on a lot of cards. Interesting. I like that. I it's gonna be see how much because I could see Roberts being highly liked for the same reasons that we're picking him. Um, so we're gonna see the lines on that because if he's over nine three, I'm the wrestling might wear him down and even put a little bit of the output down because people can that are strikers can not throw so much because they're worried about the takedown and every time you strike it opens that up. So moving on to the next fight to heavyweight, we have about between two newcomers be, in James. Meheran and Justin Willis. Is that how do you pronounce that? Meheran, Mulheran, Meheran, Meheran, Mulheran, Mulheran, the Juggernaut. All right, so Juggernaut coming in with eleven and one record. His only loss uh, over two years ago. TKO punches the Ruben Wu Wolf, and then we have a fairly new fighter at 29 years old and Justin Willis coming out of San Jose, California with four wins, only one loss, his only one loss coming via TKO as well due to strikes. Out of a camp we were just talking about. American Kickboxing Academy. So he's training with uh, Daniel Cormier, uh, Luke Rockhold, uh, any other heavyweight that's in and around those areas. That's the type of person that Willis is. I think that that's why he's going to be a heavy favorite. I feel like the juggernaut is fighting United Kingdom guys um, out of an organization that... He's fought in Bellator um, and gotten a decision there. And I just think that Willis is going to end up getting a TKO round one. His takedowns are definitely um, better. Uh, He goes for them in fights. He has had a decision as of late. Willis did against Kuvmev, some Russian guy. Both of these guys, brand new guys. It's a heavyweight fight. Anybody can land. I'm going to go TKO round one because most heavyweight fights, especially with debuters like this, it goes TKO some way. Someone will do a backflip. Some weird will happen and someone's life will go out. I think Willis is going to be able to control that just the camp he's coming from. Even if Willis... Came on off the street, went to AKA, and it's his fifth fight in. I would give him more credentials over a lot of European fighters just because I know they need heavy bodies at AKA. And I know that Daniel Cormier can only wrestle Cain Velasquez when he's not injured and he's always injured. So who else is in there? Willis DKO round one. How do you feel about this? I am totally going against it here. I don't like American Kickboxing Academy. I think everyone's always injured out of there. I got to think they have too many stars there going on that this guy's gotten shuffled around and is just an exaggerated sparring partner. He's not even the number seven heavyweight in Japan. I think he's going to get all the hype. I think he's going to be expensive. And I think James Mulheron is just going to be 
a mad dad out of England. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to go to decision. I think he's going to grind it out. I think uh, Justin's going to lose all of his uh, power, all of his. I think he's going to look for an early knockout because I think he's going to have zero gas tank, and we're going to see Malheron just run on pure adrenaline and hype. I think this could actually be a really exciting fight. I think Malheron's going to wear out Willis, and I think it is going to be a third round knockout. Ooh, uh, that's going to be a big underdog play. Just the lines haven't come out yet, but just the way that the topology seems to be favorites, they the crowdsource on there seems to be pretty right a lot of the time. Moving on to the next fight at 205 pounds. I would disagree. We always seem to pick against it still to be right. Yeah, Yeah, we'll still be like, what? There is underdogs. There is underdogs. But usually not when I just pick off the cuff like that. I know Mulherin's going to be a heavy underdog. I just think he's... He's the friggin' number one heavyweight in UK and Ireland, and right now Ireland has a hot little scene. So, moving on to the next fight at 205 pounds, we have Paul Craig versus Camille Roundtree. Um, Craig is 9-1. He's had a few fights in the UFC, beating the boys of Henrique Frankenstein de Silva by submission armbar. And he, Craig almost got finished in that fight. Um, and then recently loosened to Dyson Preza. Tyson, Pedro via TKO elbows four months ago. You know how we feel here, Lesbo and the Bean, whenever somebody's get finished within four months. Travis Brown just recently happened throwing that out there. Um, Khalil Roundtree is 5-2 and two as a professional. Uh, he's definitely fought top caliber guys. He also has a submission loss to Tyson Pedro. I believe they were both on the show together, Paul Craig and Camille Roundtree. Um, Khalil is all power. We know his submission game's off. That's where his losses are coming, is in the wrestling, the takedowns. Um, but if he lands those powers, that power shot on you, night, night. Like, he throws with everything. He has massive power. He doesn't tend to win decisions either. If Khalil gets you out there by strikes, he is a very devastating striker. But people have figured him out. Paul Craig has the credentials has shown us that he can wrestle out there. Um, I do think that Henrique De Silva, the Frankenstein, showed that Paul Craig gets hurt in a lot of his fights, and he really doesn't. I think that this is going to culminate in, for me personally, I see Paul Craig, he has not the, the best entries in his shots. Um, he tends to lunge and grab a little bit, and Khalil throws beautiful uppercuts for bad shots. If you have a really good shot, that uppercut's not going to hit you. Craig, I don't think shot is just quite there. I see an uppercut happening this fight. I see it happening in round one, even round two. If this goes into round three, Paul Craig might win this fight. I don't think Craig went to sleep. Or I don't, yeah, I don't think Craig went to sleep. Agreed. In his last fight. No. Um, And the elbows, the... It was stopped, but not that it was nearly oh, a stoppage, uh-huh, uh-huh. just that it was he was all huddled down in the corner and Pedro's taking elbows. Le- Pedro's legit, though. He has a win over both of these guys. Tyson Pedro is a legit fighter. I like the bear Jew on this. I think he's going to submit him. I think Roundtree has too many holes in his submission game, mm-hmm. and uh, Craig is stronger and hardier than I think anyone expects when they get in the ring with him. Uh I'm going to pick another Scotland guy. I'm going to stay with a lot of the guys, Europeans. Uh, I don't think Roundtree uh, has any... I don't know. Maybe he's worked on that. The Bear Jew is too good on the ground. 
I can see all that. Uh, that's Submission, a, round two, Craig. Wonderful points. Um, it's going to be interesting, the lines on here. I think I might end up having the underdog with Roundtree because we do know. I think right now it's the heavy subs. underdog. Yeah, it is. So I got an underdog on there. You're welcome. Woo, we're splitting it up. This is a fun fight card. This is a fun on one. Um, moving on to the middleweights, we have a fight between Jack Marshman versus Ryan James. Both fighters are coming off of a loss. They both have fought in the UFC. James having three fights in the UFC. Uh, two. This being two. This being his third fight, and Marshman has two fights as well. Coming from the Cage Warriors organization is Marshman, and I can I think uh, James is coming out of a Canada, some Canadian organization. But um, old Canadian. Both these guys, like I said, were coming off of losses. Marshman TKO lost to Santos, which isn't look that bad all of a sudden, and. James just coming off of a submission to Mir Sharp four months ago, and we just saw Mir Sharp by Tiago Santos in a TKO. So funny. They, all, all these guys fight in like three month increments if they can. It's who's healthy, so they seem to be on the same healthy Pattern, cycle. Yeah, and it was like coming around once a year. But either way, um, uh, against Mir Sharp, James looked tough, but he was really awkward. I thought he hunched over a little bit awkwardly. He just looks a little malnourished to me, even in this photo. <laughs> he always looks a little giggly. But I like Marshman striking. Marshman um, looked good against Tiago Santos, but Tiago Santos, it's hard. He also, uh, Marshman has a win over TK over Magnus Seedenblad, but Seedenblad's on the way out of his career. Marshman has multiple other wins by TKOs and submissions. I think Marshman's on his way up at 27 years old, and at 35, Ryan James was stepping in, but I don't think he has enough to really put a run together. I think out where James was fighting out of Canada, he was looking okay, but the the if you're fighting up in Canada, it's because he can't come to the States and fight, so not the best talents always up in those areas. I could be totally wrong on that, but I, I don't think he's specifically somebody I remember out of there. I'm going with Marshman, keeping it standing. I'm going to give him a TKO, actually, round two. I think it's going to take a little bit. This could be a fun fight because uh, someone, I think James is going to want to take it down. I had Marshman KO round two. I think he's going to be a heavy favorite. I think he's going to be expensive on DraftKings. I just changed it now because his knockout four months ago was ugly real knockout. Uh And James was submitted four months ago. And James, what I do remember about him is that he was heavier handed than I thought. I was surprised at how tough he was out there. And he looked so good out there that it made me think Mearshart was going to come in and tear ass this this time right. like James wasn't a fluff opponent I was surprised at how good he looked right so I don't like the fact that Marshman got knocked out four months ago right. and Marshman good takes point. one to get one and James throws heavier than expected this I'm nervous I about think, I, I do think he has oh creepy power and James I is also that. a smart enough fighter that he uh tends to in his older fights when he gets hit someone he tends to quickly take their back instead of just keep hitting them hitting them hitting them hitting them and taking that opening Mm -hmm. he takes their back really quick and rear naked naked chokes them after they're stunned so i uh 
This fight I go back and forth with a lot. I think Jane's could be a great underdog pick on this. I just changed it to Jane's submission round two. Ooh, I like that. But because I, I think he could really hurt uh, Marshman. Initially, I, yeah. It's a good... We were just talking about Travis Brandon, the other fight. Why Why am I thinking yeah, that Yeah, his knockout was ugly. Yeah, it's a really good point. And Jane's really wasn't point. knocked out, which leads me to believe he has a pretty good chin. Yeah. He did hurt Mirshar a few times. He cut him up pretty good, too. <clears throat> Valid point. I'm going to have to end up looking at Wayne's and seeing how I feel but about if these Jane's, guys. I do think Jane's will be cheap. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I think Marshman is likely to get a KO if people are thinking he's going to win it at all. Moving on to the next fight at 155 pounds, we have Stevie Ray versus Paul Felder. This is a fun fight. This is going to be this a slava naka. This is definitely a striking-based fight. Um, you know Paul Felder's coming in with that Muay Thai. He's struggling with the best of them coming off of a 13-3 record. Paul Felder's lost to TKO, Dr. Stoppage to Francis Trinaldo. I think it was a cut. Nasty cut above his eye, I Exactly. Think. And then he had, prior, previous to that, a loss to Ross Pearson split decision, which was controversial. But he's come up and submitted uh, Darren Kershank in a fight he was losing. Also, Josh Berkman in a decision. Berkman. He's another one of those guys like Siri where you're like, uh, who the fuck he's is still Berkman? Around. And then he's in a fight and you're like, God damn, this guy's a grinder. And then as of late, he uh, Paul Felder knocked out Alex Ricci. Stevie Ray's definitely come in with a lot of hype being 25 and 6 out of Scotland. Stevie Ray has already had multiple fights in the UFC. Um... Beating Mafra, who isn't that high a level, Mikel Lebu, these are all European fighters. He lost to Alan Patrick in a decision. I feel like I got that one right. Um, it was his first real big step up in competition. Then he beat in a controversial split decision between Ross Pearson and recently beat Joe Lozon in a majority decision. Joe Lozon gassed horribly in that fight, and Stevie Ray kept a good amount of pressure. Stevie Ray really showed that he grew a lot in that fight, but Joe Lozon has horrible takedown defense, and Joe Lozon isn't the best striker. So Stevie Ray really had to do was be really cautious of where he wanted to go on the ground with Joe Lozon, and once Joe Lozon got gassed, Stevie Ray was able to out-wrestle him and move those positions. And I don't think that Stevie Ray, I, he hits hard, but I think Paul Felder can take those shots and win a boring decision. I don't think that this is going to be a knockout. I think this is going to turn into a Paul Felder that's in Barbosa where we all thought, oh, this is going to be the fight of the year. And it turned into a kickboxing match where they went kick for kick, punch for punch, and then they tabulated him and Edson Barbosa had two more kicks. I feel like that's going to happen here. Um, this is a near 50-50 split. Near a little more people are giving the knockout power to Felder via topology. I want to see the lines on it later, but I, I'm it's it could be a fun fight. I think it's gonna turn into a kickboxing. I have match. a raid decision right now. This is a perfect example of it. We're fifty right. fifty in the room. <laughs> uh, but the only thing I was actually worried about here is Paul Felder has a sneaky little ground game. Yep, sneaky little ground game. I just wonder if the slobber knocker, if it gets into like round two, I could see a Felder submission, not a knockout. I think Stevie Ray actually has an okay chin. Yeah. Uh, Felder does hit hard. He is like a better version of Joe Lozon in a lot of ways. Um, 
I right now just have Stevie Ray decision. He's the younger guy. He's fighting closer to his hometown. And I think he just made leaps and bound advances in his last fight from the high that I had on Paul Felder, which was now looking back probably like two years ago. Uh-huh. So um, Stevie Ray, my hype is my hype train's building for him, mm-hmm. and Paul Felder slowing down a little. I like that. I can see that play. That's a fifty. That is. That's gonna be a um, coin flip of a fight all the way into fight night. I could see money coming in on both sides, and they both sides have really valid points. I could flip that after weigh-ins. We'll see how the travel does affect these guys because a lot of these Americans do have to get there, you know, a couple days before in case their noses start hurting or anything like that, you know, get that stuff ahead of time. So moving on to the next fight, we have the co-main event at the strawweight division between Cynthia Cavillio versus Joanna Calderwood. We know the hometown favorite being Joanna Calderwood. Um, Cavillo is coming in on a 5-0 record. She's the lady who's been sitting next to Dana White in her first, second fights. Dana White said things like, I've only had people like Connor and Cormier and certain people sit with me. This girl's going to be the next big thing. So on the ground, we know what Cavillo's coming in with. She's coming in with shots and has a nasty jujitsu ground game coming out of Sacramento. Team Alpha Male. Good cardio. Joanne Calderwood. Um... Long-time veteran, been on the show. She's coming off an 11-2 record. Her last loss being against Jessica Andraja via uh, submission nine months ago. Prior to that, she was on a two-fight streak, beating Valerie Letourneau by a TKO and Courtney Casey in a decision, then losing to Marina Moroz in a weird armbar out of nowhere. And those are her only two losses. Other than that, um, Calderwood has done really, really well. She is... Great kickboxer, great knees up the middle, great clinch. On the ground, she's so long that she has really sneaky, unique transitions. The hardest thing with Joanne Calderwood is her mental state. If her head's not in it, she's given up, and uh, that's what happened to Moroz. That was like a 10-1 to 1 or 9-1 to 1 favorite, one of the biggest underdogs of that year, was against Calderwood, and Calderwood said that she had fixed that since. Um, losing to Andrade is no... Bad, I mean, under task at all. Andrade hits hard and has a good gas tank. And I think that that's the blueprint that Cavillo can use, but get that to the ground. And Calderwood is sneaky as she is on the ground. I think Cavillo, coming up where she's from in that Southern California jiu-jitsu mecca that is going on down there, she's proven it already down there. And if she can prove it there, she Calderwood is going to have a tough time on the ground. I think submission accumulates for Cavillo round two. Um, I'm going against the grain, the hometown favorite. I guess Cavillo is going to probably be the favorite via the tap odds. How do you feel about this fight? I went back and forth on this one too a lot. I just, I wasn't always on the JoJo bandwagon, the Calderwood bandwagon. I thought she just looked tough as nails her last three fights. Yeah. Even against Andrade. Um, she was so tough. In fact, Andrade had to submit her. Yeah, And Andrade, I don't believe Cavillo uh, throws as hard of Andrade. I don't think she has the angles Andrade does. I don't think she's going to lay the heavy blows. I think we're going to see Calderwood's training accumulate here. I think this step up, I I almost think it's tisk-tisk on the UFC to throw somebody like Cavillo in there against Calderwood right now. I think they should give her another no-name, not no, you know what I mean by a lesser-known person. she should be fighting up the ranks. We do want to see somebody this exciting, but maybe not Joanne yet. I just think the amount of experience that Joanne Calderwood has over Cavillo, no matter the camp she's coming from, 
and then to put her in Europe as well for the card with the travel and everything else in place. I just think it's going to be JoJo's night, and I think it's going to be um, go to decision, and it might even be a controversial decision, but we're so close for Calderwood. She's going to be a favorite there. The crowd's going to be on her side. I'm going to give Calderwood decision. Ooh, that is we. I feel like I don't know if we've been on the same side for many flips tonight. I don't think it's, so. been, it's going to be a close night of fights, fans. We're definitely getting towards the end, getting towards the main event or at the main event now with definitely the local star in Gunnar Nelson versus Santiago Panzanibio. Panzanibio, I believe, has been uh, fighting in Team Noguera. I do think he comes to the States, though. Um, I'm not so sure if he's still out of Argentina. I'm almost positive he's not. But we know that Gunnar Nelson is definitely the local guy fighting out of straight blast Jim Ireland, notorious Conor McGregor. Um, I'm really interested in, I guess, well, with the press conferences, Conor today said that even his coaches or uh, people were saying that Conor's coaches... Krav Maga, God, not Krav Maga, Kavanaugh, was saying, this is nuts how many people are here in Toronto. I guess they're going to be in London as of Thursday, so they'll be there for Gunner's fight. They'll be there to make it for Gunner Nelson's Tomorrow fight. Tomorrow will be New York, Friday, Friday, Friday London, so uh, Sunday, Wembley, Wembley Arena. And then Sunday they'll be able to get to Gunner to corner him if they need him there. Unless Gunner has his own set of SBG coaches that are going to be working with him, but I feel like Gunner Nelson... Um, being as stoic as he is, he doesn't need anybody in his corner. He, all he needs is his jiu-jitsu, and he'll get through the fights. He comes in with a karate-based background. We know he has awkward strikes, uh, unique power from awkward angles, but if he can get you to the ground, that's where he will finish you. Uh, Ponzinibbio is definitely more of the striker. Take down the fence. Um, Ponzinibbio comes in with a checkered record, only losing to top contenders like... Uh, Lorenz Larkins and then putting a four streak together beating Andreas Stahl, Court McGee, Zach Cummings which that was a big upset the Zach Cummings fight and Nordin Taleb not the biggest win but um, Ponzinibbio has very thunderous punches he punches straight down the pipe I would recommend young fighters to actually watch Ponzinibbio's striking because it is powerful and down the pipe um, Gunnar Nelson can be open for strikes, but he's shown a rock-solid chin, and he has awkward angles to take you down. Ponzinibbio, though, this is the scary thing with this fight for me, is if Ponzinibbio can stop the takedowns from Zach Cummings, who's a D1 wrestler and made his career with taking people down, can stay, if uh, Ponzinibbio can stop that, Gunnar Nelson isn't going to be able to take him down unless Gunnar Nelson pulls Ponzinibbio on his back. But he's not going to use any kind of a traditional shot takedown to get Ponzinibbio. And I don't think he beats Ponzinibbio standing. I think Ponzinibbio can win a decision. This is going to be a five-round fight. Um, I believe. Yeah, five-rounders. So, the gas tank, though, will go to Gunnar Nelson. Um, I'm going to... There's... If Ponzinibbio can stop that takedown... It's going to end up going his way, or it could end up finishing early with a knockout. But being the local favorite, I'm thinking Gunnar Nelson's going to end up wearing on him using that awkward striking and finally not use a traditional takedown, more body lock him and drag him down. And then once he's on the ground, whether Gunnar's on his back or not, Gunnar will be able to switch to a heel hook or something and get a submission in that sense. But 
I think there might be money on Ponzinibbio. I think that if he doesn't gas, he can finish that early. But uh, I think gas tank is going to worry me enough. I got Nelson. How do you feel about this fight? I agree with you on a lot of that stuff. I think something clicked in Gunny's uh, brain after he lost to Maya, and he is amazing on the ground. I don't think he's going to have any probably problem getting Ponzinibbio's dry body onto the ground, and I think that straight punch is what's going to throw uh, Ponzinibbio off balance just enough for him to catch his back. I think Gunny sneaky everywhere. I think he's going to submit him. It might take him a round. So maybe round two, I changed that while you were talking. I do like Ponzinibbio. I just don't see him crawling this rung ladder, um, beating Gunny and making a run for it. I do see Gunny in contention for the top spots. I I really like Gunnar Nelson. I like Ponzinibbio too. This is an awkward matchup. I don't think, I just think the level of Gunnar Nelson right now I would like to see him and Damian Maya again. I think Gunnar Nelson, this Gunnar Nelson, is up there. I think he's a submission artist. I think he's figured it out, and we're going to see a very quick submission. So the interesting thing with Gunnar Nelson is that Rick Story beat him, um, and so did Damian Maya. Damian Maya did it on the ground and made him look like a child, but Rick Story, that's where... I think Ponzinibbio, if he were to win a Gunnar Nelson fight, it's exactly how Rick Story did. Rick Story used his wrestling in reverse to keep a boxing match going, and Rick Story outboxed Gunnar Nelson. I feel like Ponzinibbio can do that exact same thing, but he has more power. I think that, depending on the line, because I could see Gunnar Nelson being a heavy favorite due to that submission aspect, and that Ponzinibbio... If Zach Cummings, when I, that Cummings loss... Is because Ponzinibbio has good takedown defense in that Rick Story loss. I think that they're by DK. I might end up sneaking Ponzinibbio Gunnar Nelson because if Gunny wins, it's in the later rounds. But knee Ponzinibbio could be that finish play. He's a heavy underdog via the tap right now. We're both going with Gunnar Nelson. Um, Submission. Submission's likely gonna end. Up I have happening. round two right now, and I could go back and forth and change that to round one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Uh, maybe we'll come at you again this week if the fight. And I mean, how could we not with Mayweather versus Gregor? Maybe we'll get out an early show, and if anything changes in the way we feel about this card, we'll let you know. Right, there's always fight info. See who drops or who doesn't because See that if somebody doesn't make weight or someone has any problems with their sinuses. A new thing we're going to have to start worrying about in the UFC. Uh, Quick thought. Do you think that the commission is going to be as stringent as, like, a Brazil or the United States? Yes. Something to look for? And you think yes. they are? They're going to yes. be... Yeah. With the, they have their little tennis tournaments and their little tings. And they don't like... Stuff. Just a thought. Just a, I don't think I've necessarily seen too many fighters come looking. There's no real elevation problems we have to worry about. There could be pressure problems, sinus problems. Exactly. Maybe there's a bug going around. Someone's got like an yeah. upper head respiratory Nothing, thing. But yeah, unless we see some crazy Amanda Nunes <laughs> type shit. So definitely maybe we'll get back at you with all this press conference talk and other stuff. Let us know how you feel. Follow us on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean. And for all things Lesbo and the Bean, lesboandthebean.com. Lesbo and the Bean!